Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. It's a special Thursday night WWE podcast here across the Wrestling Inc. platforms because it was Crown Jewel coming from the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Always uh, under lots of controversy, always under lots of a microscope and speculation of what's going to come of the come of these shows. And boy, we have lots to talk about tonight here on Wrestling Inc. Thanks for staying up if you're on the East Coast with us. Thanks for staying up really late if you're over across the pond. And for those of you on the West Coast, eh, well, enjoy your uh, your happy hour and your dinner. I'm Justin Labar <laughs> being joined alongside the Demon Diva Issa and Chuck Carroll. Issa, how are you? I'm doing well. I just want to let you guys know that I meant to make my entrance in a camel, but I couldn't get it in the elevator in my building, so it completely <laughs> failed. <laughs> Oh, I have a story about the camel. We'll get to the camel. Chuck, Car- <laughs> these are great teases already. Chuck, how are you tonight, right? sir? I'm good. I can't wait to talk about the camels because like that, that is like my big number one note is to talk about the camels on the show tonight. So I'm glad that everybody's on the same page here. We're on the same page. <laughs> we all we all have camel written down in our notes. Something we don't normally write in our wrestling notes is camel. No, no, no. <laughs> this is a first. This is definitely a first. <laughs> and the great thing is we know there's a population of our audience that checks these podcasts out, which we appreciate, and they don't see the show that we're talking about. They just tune in just to, just to kind of get use us as the gauge. And so right now they're very confused. I did my notes on my iPad, and I just had two camel emojis, and right next to it, it just says, I love pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very good. Well, we, again, we appreciate everybody who's here in the live chat. Again, it's kind of an unusual uh, 10 o'clock on a Thursday, even though Crown Jewel technically in, uh, ended about five hours ago. But, you know, we this is the time we kind of settled on. It's when you're used to having our podcast. So hopefully this works out for all of you that are watching live. We encourage you to take part in the super in the chat and obviously super chats. We'll put them up on the screen. And then for those of you that are checking us out after the fact, audio only the next day. Uh, well, you're missing out on seeing Issa, but probably the right call for, for Chuck and I. So, hey, 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 hey look hey. at this face. Look at this face. This is worth a super chat in itself. <laughs> <laughs> notice, he did, notice he didn't, notice he didn't, notice he didn't specify the, uh, 
the amount of the super chat it's worth, but it's worth it. What, man? You know, a quarter, <laughs> 50 cents, you know, whatever. I'm a humble guy. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, as everybody's still kind of filtering themselves in, uh, we, uh, we'll touch on a piece of news. Obviously, most of the news really this week uh, kind of a lot is building up to the crown jewel, which, again, we're going to dive into a lot of WWE and AEW smack talk. We've kind of touched on a lot of that. All of us have at some point this week. You can see all of it in depth on Wrestling Inc. One new piece of news, though, uh, boys and girls, that I want to bring up that uh, came out today. Uh, TMZ called up with the uh, formerly known as Enzo Amore, now just going by Enzo. And uh, TMZ Sports talked to him, and it uh, looks like he is going to have his next appearance at MLW's Fusion Alpha on November 6th in Philadelphia. Uh, the actual episode, that's the taping, the actual episode is going to air at a later date, but if you want to see him live, you could be there in Philly on November 6th. Uh, and he's hoping to impress uh, some of the MLW higher-ups. He looks at it as a possible opportunity uh, you know, for the next chapter in his life. Uh, he actually said, is MLW going to be a one-off? Absolutely not. Line them up and uh, knock them down. Uh, and so again, this is kind of a big deal because, you know, Issa, we haven't seen Enzo on American TV wrestling in several years since his WWE departure. He's popped up and done some independent shows. Uh, he's, he's, he's wrote a few bars of rap every now and again, but, uh, this, this, I mean, this, this could be a big deal. Uh, MLW of course got new TV distribution with vice. So, uh, what do you, are you, does this move the needle at all for you to know that you could be seeing Enzo in an MLW ring soon? I mean, I think everybody will be weird to not recognize the, the the pops that Enzo Amore will get and how much he will get the crowd behind him. I was there when him and Cass debuted the Raw After Mania, and that is a pop that I'll never forget. Um, I, I give him props for going in that direction because as soon as I saw Cass come back to Impact, I thought he was just going to bring him right back and they were going to do their own thing. I'm very curious to see him fly solo and see what it is that he does on his own. So yeah, I, wa- I want to see what he does and um maybe if he takes it seriously is it gonna be the same guy i'm curious to see if he's gonna change his character chuck what you say you i'm i'm on board with this and i actually want to give a tip of the cat to court bauer and the team over there i mean they're getting some mainstream press for mlw by having zoe go on uh a tmz sports so i think that that's that's mm-hmm. fantastic it's going to get some eyeballs over there that otherwise wouldn't be there so hopefully you know good things can come from this and i know that enzo still has a lot of fans out there i mean he was hella entertaining saying everything that you will about him outside of the ring when he was on camera he never disappointed me like he always made me laugh you know and and the guy on the mic is just fire so if he can bring some of that with him over to mlw and take some of his old fans from wwe i think this is a situation where everybody wins yeah, you know, while there is a difference, uh, you know, while he is Enzo on camera and, and we have, if you've searched hard enough or if you've met him, you can hear clips of Eric just talking normal. By and large, I think one of the things that's made Enzo special, I thought, or I still think, is uh, what's rare in this day and age is that he does pretty much hold his character nonstop. Uh, you know, not maybe not to the degree that an MJF does, but most right. all times, Enzo's being Enzo for better or for worse. And in a day and age where usually everybody's flicking the switch on or off because they want to appease to a meet and greet or they want to appease social media or what have you. I always thought that was, that was, that was appealing. Uh, again, y- y- some days he might be the biggest heel to you, but I always thought that was appealing that in this day and age, a guy could be such a loud character and he could be it uh, nonstop with all the eyes and, and camera phones and constantly that are, that are on you. Uh, what I'll be watching for in MLW with him, though, is, you know, I, I worked a show with him back in July and he and you're right. Chuck, he still has a ton of fans. His, his meet and greet line, him and Cass were both there. His meet and greet line was very long. You know, he was clearly a huge draw on the show. 
what surprised me though was he was like the half. Cass uh, was in the main, uh, 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 be, be, beating me up. Enzo was in the semi-main, like before, and and Enzo was going up against Juice Robinson, and like I really thought, okay, all these people out here to see Enzo, and I was very surprised how how little of his WWE Enzo was there. Different music, uh, different kind of ring gear. You know, everything was and I was really shocked. And I'm so I'm wondering, like, you know, is that the direction he wants to go to completely re reinvent himself mm. or or will he take pieces that he can legally take and, and, and try to play off of what got him to the dance in the first place? Yeah, I think to take a character like that and, and try to reinvent himself, especially after he's been off of TV for so long, probably not the best idea. If I'm him, I'm going to want to take as much of the Enzo Amore character from WWE and take it with me wherever it is that I go next, in this case, MLW, and use as many of those elements as possible because that's what people are familiar with. That's what people are going to be tuning in for. If they have that same kind of experience, like you did where you're like well where the hell is the enzo that i know yeah. like that's not going to do mlw any bit of good they're not going to retain those viewers unless he comes out of the gate and whatever he comes up with is really fantastic but what he had was really fantastic so don't don't shake it up if you don't need to man he's got to find a happy medium though because there is a reputation associated with the name and you have to admit it putting how much you liked him or how entertaining he was there is a reputation that comes with the Enzo Amore name. So I will say there has to be that happy medium between finding what he used to do and reinventing himself so he doesn't go with with those old rumors and reputations about him. Well, the thing that surprised me, this was an independent this was a this was a joint show of of, of uh, Northeast Wrestling and IWC wrestling here in Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't believe it was streaming. So it's an independent show, so you can get away with using basically whatever music, right? right. You're not gonna get sued by, you know, who by whoever using so I was really surprised, like as I'm as I'm in the back waiting just to listen to this crowd, and I know he's coming up next. I thought at least I'd hear that famous, that famous Italian, the the the, the, the yes. intro to his song. I don't know how to even describe it. I thought I'd at least hear that. And he'd come out to that, and he didn't. He came out to one of his rap songs, and I was like, I know you're trying to get that over. You're trying to maybe sell some downloads, but like people don't know, like they know the sound that 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 made everybody pop that night after mania when you and cats come like like start off high start off with an advantage start off with that music that you could get away with using on an independent show yeah you can't use it on mlw so i don't know i'm, I'm just that that kind of shocked me that he would yeah uh, i agree i will probably be shocked as well yeah uh some super chats about the topic king rails five dollars says you would think enzo would have been signed by aew he's great on the mic and can actually wrestle did he rub people wrong in AEW also Oh, King Ron, I can't speak to if he rubbed people wrong in AEW, but I think it goes, I think it's, I think it is pretty well known. Obviously he, again, he, he everybody has an opinion about him, okay, good or bad. So who knows what those in power in AEW uh, know about him, feel about him, but who knows? MLW has proven to be somewhat of a, of a, of a breeding ground for guys that have then gone on to AEW. So, you know, you, yeah, you know, King Rails. go ahead. To King Rails point, I was just going to say, I will see him in impact first, just because of his former tacting partner being there, I would rather go there and, and open up my opportunities on what I can do instead of AEW, if yeah. I'm him. And part of me also wonders if those, like the the more serious allegations that dogged him in WWE, especially toward the end of his tenure, which is essentially was the reason he was released, uh, if that's the reason why AEW has not gone out and tried to sign him. Uh, for, it's been my impression from day one at AEW that they try to keep their roster relatively clean and drama-free as far as that's concerned. So to bring in somebody with that kind of baggage doesn't seem to fit the AEW mold to me. 
Yeah, could be. Um, you know, Tony Khan's been pretty vocal about you know people in the wrestling history that they are not going to acknowledge or what what have you or not or, or are not welcomed around their their buildings for for one. I think the sentence other. is Tony Khan has been pretty vocal. His his microphone gets bigger and bigger by the day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Combo breaker dollar ninety nine. Crown jewel was nine out of ten. Needed Tony D'Angelo. Oh, don't we start all that. Need, oh, every single show <laughs> needs Tony D'Angelo, and that is a fact. I agree with that super chat one hundred percent. Well, it's been like three weeks since we did a show together, Issa, and 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 you're still on the Tony D train, huh? I I, I don't think you understand. This has gotten worse. The more he performs, <laughs> the better he gets. The worse this show we get on a Tuesday night. So. And how many of his posters are in your bedroom now? Uh, none, none. He's in my heart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's no more room on her wall after the Roman and Brock posters. Ah, yes, touché. literally. <laughs> no, there's a couple of Seth Rollins and Shinsuke in there. Come on. Who's on your that. fridge? You got to have somebody Shinsuke, on the fridge. Shinsuke and Becky Lynch are actually really on my fridge. I will tweet I you it. a photo later. I knew it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into the reason why we are all here tonight, and that is Crown Jewel coming from the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. It's capital city, uh, Riyadh, to be specific. And, um, you know, guys, this opens, I mean, it, it very much, let's just, just talk about the, the overall visuals of what we see, first impressions of it. Uh, I was a huge pyro display coming from the stadium. Uh, it, it's, it, it's got the WrestleMania kind of look and, and, and feel uh, in terms of the, the giant staging, the Big, boldly produced opening videos to set you up for what the stories are. The crowd sounded good, and I'll get back into the crowd here in a second. The crowd sounded really good. I mean, this this was, you know, off the bat, right off the bat, this felt like, okay, this is going to be a show that I need to pay attention to. This is not a fast-forward through show. This is not a go make a sandwich and come back. This is one we need to watch. It had that major mania SummerSlam vibe to it or at least that's how it came off to me chuck am i am i uh am i giving WWE too much credit uh or, or did you feel something similar no i think that a lot of people share in that sentiment you know i think that they did a really good job with this one and i'm not sure if it's because they didn't have one last year and they needed to make this one feel extra special or they remember the criticism that they faced with the previous two crown jewels where a lot of that stuff was just slapped together or if you want to say thrown against the wall and let's see what sticks kind of a deal. This one had storylines coming into it. They did a good job of continuing them, putting some of them to bed. Um, it, it just it really did. It had that big pay-per-view feel to it, man. Like and now you still <laughs> and if I'm WWE, like I'm looking ahead to Survivor Series, which they will tell you is one of their four signature pay-per-views of the year. But how in the hell does Survivor Series compete with what we just saw today? I don't even think SummerSlam can compete to what we saw today. And I was at SummerSlam. They even got a better set than we got at SummerSlam. <laughs> Come on. I'm like looking at it. And I'm like, should I just save my money and gone to Saudi Arabia, man? What the heck? Right. Um, this show, I, I will say it had a different vibe and feel to it from the beginning. I think I've been excited for the show for a couple of weeks now. I think especially with the story that they've been telling with Seth Rollins and Edge, Brock and um, Roman Reigns, there was a lot of times in which I was very critical of the Saudi Arabia shows just because it felt like they were doing a lot of money matches, right? Let's just put these matches together. They don't have any storyline, but th that's what they want to see. Let's just give them that. To here, you have storylines going into it, no made-up match, let's just put it together for the prince, right? And I feel that's also why we felt such a different energy from the crowd as well. Everybody was invested. It was great. 
Yeah, the crowd, that's what really, again, that's what I noticed is that the crowd, they were very loud. And again, they haven't, they, you know, it's been, you know, a little bit because of the, the, the pandemic. They didn't get anything in 2020 from WWE as they started getting accustomed to. The crowd was loud, but also the way it looked. I remember the very first, uh, the, the first few Saudi shows in Saudi Arabia, and it appeared, I don't know this for sure if I make an assumption, but it appeared like, okay, we have some upper class people that are getting, that, that have these ringside booths couches. and area, couches and there's a lot of open area and then and then maybe those fans who actually are more familiar with the product or at least are, are willing to be more vocal and energetic they're they're further away from from the ring so you don't hear them as much you certainly don't see them uh nearly as much tonight that was not the case i mean you know there was just you know rabid excited kids that were front row that goldberg even interacted with i mean and, and tonight tonight felt like a show uh, that could be anywhere around the world. You know, it, it felt like everybody was there, there was no upper class, middle class. I felt like it was just okay. You're a passionate WWE fan. Get up yeah. front. Yeah. Did you notice the signs that were there? I mean, these were you could tell these weren't handed out by the production staff to people in the crowd before the show. I mean, these were mm-hmm. things that people took the time to make and bring in. You know, you had, you know, I saw a cutout of Edge, you know, with all the letters, five different fans in the stands holding them up to spell out his name. Some of the other signs, you know, that were there. I was just like, wow, you know, this is a real WWE fan base. And Justin, like, in my own face, was this in a different stadium than they had been previously? Because because it looked like maybe it was a little bit smaller, but I definitely like that more intimate feel. I think this was a different city in the um, Muhammad Abdul Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're right, because it was, and you notice it right off the bat in the opening pyro, it, there, it was open-aired, but it was only open-aired at like, the very like midfield the, the, it was it was very much the dome the it had a ceiling structure that came that overarched it. Um, it was different looking. Uh, it actually had a nice look when they shot the camera would shoot upwards uh, at the pyro and such. Uh, yeah, this 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 mm-hmm. seemed to seemed to be a new venue that they did, and it, it sounded great. Yeah, it felt very different and good on marketing and PR. But there were so many shots going over to the kids, and that's when you have to put your criticism aside of where they're at and why they're doing what they're doing. And remember that these kids are fan of these products; they don't get to see it every day. And just to see their faces and them experiencing that. All throughout social media as well, I saw a lot of the superstars who were stopping, taking pictures with the kids and the fans that were at the hotel. It just had a different vibe and feel to it. And I just think it's because they, I mean, yeah, you had Goldberg in there, which we'll talk about it because I thought he was great today. But it was, it felt like you put in your current product, the best of what you have, and you delivered. And that's, that's literally all it takes. That's all you have to do. Well, you're right, Issa. We can, we, we'll, that'll be a running theme here is, put aside your politics or your <clears throat> beliefs in that realm, what they are doing, what they are being part of, you know, is supposedly for progress for the culture and, and just at least expose and allow the Western culture and the entertainment to be there. If the people want to be part of it. And it's obvious, even with the women tonight, as we'll get to that, there is that WWE is part of progression that's happening in some respect or another. Uh, we'll get to the women's matches and Chuck, you know, you mentioned about how, they, they took the time to make signs, and they also made a point in to scream in English some very yes. <laughs> famous chants that we would hear at a wrestling show. Uh, you suck. This is awesome. <laughs> Holy shit. I heard all one of them. One more time. I heard a one, one more time, more time. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we will definitely, you know, we just definitely had a lot of energy to it. Antoine Fair, $5. I think a major thing was there wasn't uh, other pay-per-view sandwich yes. around this. It felt like a build to a normal pay-per-view. That's fair, Antoine. I mean, I was just before we got going here. I was um, 
uh, commiserating with Issa, you know, the very first greatest Royal Rumble, uh, I remember very well because I was uh, in the hospital waiting for my son to be born, and this was less than a month after a WrestleMania. So, you know, that, you know, that, and we've seen some other ones, yeah, where they're, they're, they're very closely aligned. Um, this at least gave some time for SummerSlam Fallout to breathe, and, of course, SummerSlam Fallout of Brock and Rock to – Brock and Rock, Brock and Roman, <laughs> Freudian slip there, to, uh, to, 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 get a, uh, you know, to get a return match here. So I think that's a, definitely a fair, fair point to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we hadn't seen a pay-per-view in so long. We missed a special event from WWE. It was good. The Jarvis Sam show. Good show overall, but it should be called the world's greatest house show. Oh, it's a step above a house show today. You could have said that a couple of years ago, but today, nah, I can't get on board with that. But thanks for your money. Thanks for your money. And uh, Jarvis Sam show, let me know which house show you have seen a hell in a cell at, because that's how we open the crown jewel event tonight hell in a cell the 50th think about that folks the 50th hell in a cell match in ww history i can't figure out hell in a cell started in october 97 i can't figure out if 50 is higher or lower than what i would have guessed i can't figure it out Um, Is is this a legit 50 or is this a wwe rounding up kind of a thing you know michael cole gave a couple different stats through the night that were pretty specific and michael cole is usually pretty like i I fact checked him before and he comes out to be true so i'm gonna guess that yeah 50 all right you know but the thing about it hell in a cell again has only ever been on tv so it's not like there's like a random one that happened in poughkeepsie new york in a house show that, that we're not that we're not getting <laughs> right. accounted for um but what a ballsy move to put hell in a cell as your opening match on the stacked card i mean i remember i'm just thinking as i'm watching the solo i'm like good god whoever second on the night of the card has got to be like kill me now like really like i gotta follow mm-hmm. hell in a second the rest of the car as, as this match is progressing you're sitting there thinking these guys need to just go home yeah <laughs> uh, everybody so, just go home you're not following this just yeah just go home so we get seth rollins versus uh, edge hell in a cell a chance for seth rollins of course the last time he was in saudi arabia and hell in a cell things did not go so so over and so well, we don't talk about that. Justin, we please. don't talk. Don't about kill that. the pie. Don't kill it. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple of notes here, uh, and then I'll toss it to you guys for for thoughts and opinion. Uh, some things I like: they had a hard camera inside of the Hell in a Cell. So uh, rather than having the, the main hard camera always shooting through the fencing, they had a camera that was obviously being controlled remotely that was following some of the action. I thought that's a huge step up. One of my pet peeves has always been with cage matches, especially the especially when WWE went away with the old fashioned big blue bars and they went into the the chain link fence. Uh, is that it's not very TV friendly. And granted, Hell in a Cell normally has camera people inside of it, but they are on the ground. They're having to roam around. So I thought this this shot just was very visually appeasing uh, when the guys were in the ring. So I don't I don't know if maybe I'm just a stickler with it with the TV stuff, but I thought it was 20 years long overdue. Uh, we got some this is awesome chance. You suck chance uh, at, at directed at Seth Rollins. Uh, crazy ass bump. I've never seen this, guys. Seth Rollins gets ricocheted off the side of the cell and then crashes through a table. Like a little ping pong. Yep. That this was match, this match that was, was my favorite so spot good. in the whole yeah. match. This uh, match just yeah. top to bottom good. And then the finish was Edge uh, giving a little uh, taste of Seth Rollins' own medicine uh, with the curb stomp. Beats Seth Rollins. Uh, so obviously this, Issa, this screams. This is the last match of these two. This feud is done, right? Oh, yeah, 1,000%. But how did they keep outdoing each match right you almost want them to fight forever but you don't at the same time i was at madison square garden i was at SummerSlam. i got to see their other two matches and i gotta tell you i walked out of madison square garden thinking i won the rubber match but can they outdo what i just saw and they did that bump that you were just talking about was absolutely insane today was full of a lot of spots and matches 
that we're used to, but spots that we never seen before. I love the creativity behind, you know, some of the matches we'll talk about on the triple threat as well. The girls did a bunch of things that we just never seen before. I appreciate that. Um, I love that they were using each other finishers. I really do think that Edge and Seth feel like they're the same person, a younger version and an older person, uh, your, your older version of each other. And it really comes off. They have such, they have very special chemistry in the ring and, I wouldn't mind if they run it again, just not right away. Just wait a just wait a little bit, but let them wrestle one more time. I would love to see it. I thought this was great, and I felt bad for whoever was following them. Yeah, I mean, geez, Louise, just you can say what you. I mean, Edge, God bless. Let me just say it like this: He is kind of an ageless wonder. Yeah, he's pacing himself phenomenally, but goddamn, if he doesn't give everything when he's inside that ring, I mean, it it was just kind of taking me back to Edge of yesteryear watching him inside hell in the cell and like you saw his bl- uh, back get a little bit bloody and then you know you saw that super kick from death like, with the uh with the boots gimmicked with the chain and like how that hit him square flush in the jaw like you know he, he's just giving everything that he had and you were just talking about those innovative spots coming off the side of the cage through the table like holy crap man like what more could you possibly ask from this match and how in the hell do you possibly follow it yeah man i mean this this thing got me excited and in all honesty, when a WWE show starts in the middle of a, a weekday, like I'm thinking it's going to be a week pay-per-view. But this thing, it set the tone for what would be ultimately perhaps the best pay-per-view that I've seen from WWE in a long, long time. Yeah, in addition to those spots you mentioned, Chuck, there was another one where uh, I think it was the first time that Edge grabs a ladder. He goes and hits Seth in the face, and I, I, whether it was on purpose or just how it came out, Seth didn't get a hand up. Seth didn't. It hit Seth flush right in the side of the of the of the face and the ear and the head so i mean I, you know uh these guys went well over a half hour uh, i don't know who's getting a six figure payday who's getting a seven figure payday but whatever they got they they earned uh tonight and that's the other thing i talk about setting the tone here and set, having to follow this this was the longest match of the night this I, with between the entrances and then the the video packages that accompanied this occupied almost the entire first hour of this wow. four plus hour show Wow. So that's and, and and I'm perfectly okay with that. You know what I mean? There's some matches where you're just like, this is going on too long. I didn't mind. I didn't mind that here at all. Yeah. Uh, Stella Justin Lopez, 2.0, $4.99. Edge versus Rollins was definitely mm-hmm. the best Saudi match ever. I don't know how the how they would top it. Rollins took so took so crazy ass bumps. A little upset it wasn't a WrestleMania match. Uh, yeah, I mean, this that's definitely argument for the, for the best match they've had in Saudi, you know, not to spoil the rest of the show here. But I mean, I, I think I think we can have an argument uh, towards the end of this episode, folks, that this might have been the best Saudi show at all, the, the period that they've done. So but uh, we'll we'll keep going through and we'll we'll let that be the determining uh, the, the final argument. So hot way to start here with Edge and Rollins. So we're talking about, OK, who's got to have to follow this now? Anyway, in any wrestling show in any which way, especially big shows, you always you do want to start hot. You want to start with a big match. It's there. You don't do curtain jerking when you're in a big stadium show. But it is traditional that, okay, if you're in that second match, we've even heard Jericho and Owens talk about this. When you're in a second match, and that's this is kind of wrestling shows across the board, that's a little unfavorable. It, it is a crowd's going to come down. Maybe they're going to get up and use the bathroom, whatever. So I'm like, all right, who are they going to deem second match worthy or not worthy? And then here comes the hometown kid and Mansoor <laughs> up against Mustafa Ali. So I was like, interesting. Interesting choice here. Uh, this match, crowd, uh, it takes a little bit for them to get warmed up. They are cheering Mansoor, but they certainly are not nearly as invested <laughs> as you as we heard them 
and the opening match. Uh, but they do start to warm up, and the uh, finish looks uh, like a pretty cool sequence, though. Ali misses a 450 splash. Uh, Mansoor's going to roll to the apron. He's then going to springboard himself uh, into the ring and hit a neck breaker, and that's going to get him the victory. And then after the match, Ali's going to attack Mansoor from behind, and then all of a sudden, music hits. And this mysterious <laughs> man is walking to the ring, and he's almost completely covered, and Michael Cole and Corey Graves don't know who this is, and Ali doesn't know who it is. And I, I, I'm help me on the pronunciation because I recognized him and I recognize what he is famous for from the past Olympics, but I can't. The reveal happens and the place goes crazy. Silver, silver medalist in the Olympics uh, in karate, he, he he made some headlines by doing a, by doing an illegal kick that got him disqualified, but he still finished the silver medal. Can either of you give me the name pronunciation? better than i can do it you're asking the wrong person no chance in hell bro no chance in hell tarot monday tarot it's it's, it's I, I think it was close to that uh, and I, i'm so sorry that. i'm so somebody's gonna call I'm, I'm trying to do my best i'm giving the preface but no, no, I'm I'm the, I'm the, when i saw him i knew once once they once the commentary started saying and then he ends up doing this kick to ali which and Ali sells like it's knocked out. And I'm like, okay, this this is really cool. And then and then accompanying that as a soundtrack, this crowd is going banana. The crowd is going. I mean, this 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 was a huge pop. And then Monsoor's getting the rub from it. So uh, when it was all said and done, and then I rewound it again. I'm like, okay, this is a pretty cool. Yeah, th- th- this was this was over to this crowd. Um, and the commentary did a good job giving some context to it, ex- reminding us who he was. If you watched the Olympics this past summer, so. And I think Mansoor wrestled up to the occasion tonight as well. Um, you know, he's he's not a guy that I would say sucks by any stretch of the imagination, but he's always been kind of like just that he's there and he's taking time. But I think tonight was actually maybe the best that I've ever seen him in the ring. And I don't know if it was the moment, if it was the booking, what it was, but he certainly seized his opportunity. If you want to use that analogy that he went and he seized the brass ring, well, that's exactly what he did today. Where he goes from here, I don't know, but he certainly had his 15 minutes in the ring in Saudi. Yeah, yeah to Chuck's point, I think it's because Mansoor went into this with a storyline. We're used to Mansoor's going to get the win because he's the guy from Saudi Arabia. They're going to bring him in at some point and he's going to win whatever match you insert him. And I did think him and Cesaro put on a really good match in the past. He had a one-on-one with Cesaro that was pretty good. But today he had a story going behind it. He got a great promo on Monday Night Raw. And now he went into this. And I think Ali was also as invested. They have posted on social media what a big deal it was to Muslims, you know, part of a pay-per-view. So I think there was a lot of investment from both of them to make sure they made each other look great. And they did just that. Um, The commentary did an awesome job at, at mentioning who this person was. I'm not going to try to pronounce the name because me with my accent, I will butcher it. But <laughs> I will say that it was funny because in the beginning they were like, oh my God, you know who that is. And I'm like, no, no, I don't. Please educate me. And then they started talking about it. Um, I love seeing that moment again because the crowd was so hot for everything. You want to see them get their hometown heroes. And and just because they're so used to Mansoor, for them to get something else on this show, it was great. It was a very good, feel-good moment for everybody. Indeed. Uh, Sarge McTavish, uh, five euro. Uh, Edge knows how to tell all the stories. WWE went out of their way to deliver a show on purpose, and Mansoor stole it. Well, him and Cobra Kai. <laughs> the Cobra Kai, Kai dude. Dude. <laughs> I was calling him the Karate Kid. I like that That's one great. better. That's <laughs> great. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Mansoor and Mustafa Ali, as Issa mentioned, they had a story going into this. It's actually one of the more consistent, better told stories mm-hmm. leading into this. So um, nice that it gets a nice little feel good moment from Mansoor. Yeah, well, now we'll, we'll see. Now that we go into where the 
draft results take an effect. I don't remember. I don't remember if Mansoor's still on Raw or not, but wherever he ends up landing, wherever he shows up, let's hope that they um, uh, play off of that. Mustafa, uh, Mustafa Ali, excuse me, uh, should be note here, a little bit of real talk. He's the only superstar I've seen, at least, that's gone public about this. He did say prior to the show uh, taking place earlier today that all of his pay coming out of the show was going to be donated to charity. So, yeah. Um, He's a good dude, man. Yeah. He really is. Like outside of the ring, just in real life, he is a really, really quality human being, man. And, and I like that. But before we move on, Justin, I, I want to get your opinion on this. Do you think that it's any coincidence that WWE did a good job building this storyline, given the importance of this match to the Saudi audience? Oh, I think it's absolutely related. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, I, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, look, I mean, the, there's a lot of hyperbole about like, <laughs> how how involved in the booking or the requests uh the the saudi kingdom is but, but i do think there is something to like okay you know we've seen Mansoor <clears throat> excuse me already win a, a great rumble and we, you know and we, we, we've seen these random one-offs that get oh that are over to a saudi crowd but then the moment you get back in the states the american audience they don't have a, they, they don't have a legit reason to yet be invested so i do think that WWE since the last time they've had uh, show in Saudi Arabia, which was in 2019. Since then, through the pandemic and all, the, and, and continuing through to now, they have used Mansoor more consistently on the TV. They have started to give. You know, this was a great little story. It's it's, it's tale as old as time. You're putting them with Ali. You know, Ali wants him to be serious and mean. Mansoor wants to be fun loving and and act like a baby face. So it's 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 a bit of an odd couple. I mean, you know, we, we it, we've seen it before, but it it to their credit i think they handled it really well they being ali and mansoor so yeah i definitely felt like they needed to give a real reason to have the american audience coming in to watch the show and knowing okay who mansoor is why he matters so that way this big moment of winning on the stadium show and having the celebrity crossover that they did with the with the olympian afterwards it didn't feel like just this manufactured one-off the us, the American audience, can sit here and say, "Okay, well, yeah, mom has been on Raw every week. This was the this was right. a payoff for he and Ali. It it made more sense to us. It, it was not, it, yeah, it was not forced. So I absolutely think that this was, um, you know, a good a good effort that they kept with. We oftentimes see them just get scatterbrained and drop projects in the middle of them. So uh, good to yeah, see that. I also want to add on that Ali's and Seth Rollins' gear were on point. There was a lot of really good fashion choices tonight, but I really loved the way that Ali looked. And also, I think Seth was dressed like a prince, like a Saudi prince, which was awesome. With the so, gold, yeah. We didn't touch on this, right? Yeah. Good call. They had the gold. And, uh, yeah. Hey, big stadium shows, ring gears as, as much of anything. You know, you got to have your mania ring gear. You got to have your, your crown jewel ring gear. <laughs> yeah. It's going it's to it's be on display at Access in 20 years from now. <laughs> we get a uh, little moment in the ring. The uh, Zara Association, uh, we, we see four Saudi women who are part of the Zara Association. Of, um, uh, they've all beat breast cancer, and they're out there with Titus O'Neil and Natalia, uh, all four women having uh, given replica title belts. Uh, so being recognized and uh, you know, t- Titus getting the crowd going, this was a huge pop as well. The crowd really on their feet showing uh, tremendous you know, respect and support uh, for these four women. You know, Again, Unfortunately, again, here in, America, in the U.S., if you go to a WWE show, we've all seen the Be a Star quick, you know, segments they do. We've seen the breast cancer awareness in the month of October. Not that they don't matter, but they they are they, they do them in every city. So, you know, the crowd gives a nice, respectful applause and support. But uh, it's it is what it is. It's 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 this though was given uh, this arguably loudest pop of the night. 
uh, if you go back and watch yeah. it, which was really cool to see uh, for these women that are that are standing out there, um, getting recognized for for their strength and toughness uh, and, and battling breast cancer. So, uh, and Titus cool O'Neil was speaking um, Arabic, like that was pretty cool of him too as well. I thought that was awesome that he put that effort and made it personal for them. Yeah, he's such a good ambassador, and WWE mm-hmm. can be so good uh, with this and, and all of the community relation stuff and, and giving back and, and all of their endeavors in that front. So, you know, whenever they do something like this and they truly, truly hit on something, man, it, it really is magical. And that is something that I've not seen any other promotion or really um, almost without exception any other sports league be able to match. So uh, for them to be able to pull this off in Saudi Arabia, of all places, I think really is a testament to just how hard they work and doing good um, as a company outside of the ring. Absolutely. Uh, this one's not a super chat, but I do want to touch on it because I don't know if we'll get another chance to, and I think it's this interesting thing. <clears throat> Alonzo Smith, The Undertaker introducing Pitbull in character was an interesting <laughs> highlight there in Saudi Arabia. I'm surprised WWE didn't mention it or so a clip of Pitbull's show, a clip of Pitbull's performance. So, yeah, so this was, I don't know, uh, I, I should have done more research. I don't know if, because for anybody who's, who's new to the Saudi shows at WWE, part of this is a is this initiative and effort that's the, that the Saudi kingdom says they are doing in terms of, again, culturally to, 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 to bring more of the Western culture uh, and give it a, give it, put it in front of their, their, their people. Uh, so I don't know if the Pitbull, Con- I, like I don't know if this is part of like Western Civilization Week, like WWE's Crown Jewel, Pitbull's doing a concert. I don't know if it's all under like one like traveling. It's called, U- like, called Ria Ria season, and it's like a festival, and it goes okay. on for a couple of days. I don't know if you remember. Also, I think okay. it was that. Well, in 2019, we saw the parade the where parade. they had these clothes. Yes. Okay. So that is, they have like a whole festival. They do concerts. They have rides. Like it's actually a big deal for them. It's not just. Crown Jewel was part of the celebration. It's called the Ria season. I only know that because I had to research. I was looking, I searched on social media and I saw all these pictures and it looked like a lot of fun. So that's how I learned about it. This is why we have Issa. She's smarter than I am. She does, she, she, she does more homework. Yeah. So the so apparently Pitbull, Mr. 305, is doing a Mr. character. Worldwide. Which listening and understanding Pitbull sometimes on, on a good day and, and, and like, I can only imagine what the Pitbull experience is like in Riyadh, but nonetheless, Pitbull's doing a concert and the undertaker and full undertaker character introduces Pitbull. Now, if you ask me, who are you going to send the undertaker out there on stage to introduce in, in the musical world? You know, I'm thinking like Rob Zombie, Maybe like some Metallica. Not, yeah, yeah. But, but but I mean like Kid not, Rock or Limp Biscuit. But not for nothing though, man. Like is Undertaker really the best hype guy? Because like he's all about <laughs> resting and peace, right? Like you're trying to get up for a concert and he's telling you no, man. Like rest. He's telling you to rest in peace. Yeah. Like, wait, what? <laughs> well, and furthermore, I think to, to to back to Alonzo's point, I think the question that's on all of our minds once we realize this is like. Are you surprised that The Undertaker makes this trip over to Saudi Arabia while his WWE brothers and sisters are right there and that he's not and I'm not I'm not saying put him in a match he's he seems comfortable that he's retired now but not even have the gong hit him to make an appearance him to just for the crowd to pop and say they got to see The Undertaker in person again like I, I'm just very or or to Alonzo's point not even showing a clip of WWE and, and and the US were happy to be over here in Saudi Arabia and here's the under- like I'm just I am surprised there was absolutely no mention or no crossover of this clip or the Undertaker. 
I think that it would just raise a lot of questions and then people would be like, hey, when you coming back, when you coming back, when you coming back? I think, you know, that that may have been Taker's request as much as anything. I mean, he got sure. a no doubt huge payday from this. And, you know, why stir up stuff when he would just I mean, how many months worth of press did he do saying, yeah, I'm retired for good. I'm retired for good. He did the whole documentary like and all that would do if you heard the gong and he even just stepped out on stage. When you coming back, Taker, did you change your mind? So he's letting his career, in this case, rest in peace. That would be my best. It's also guess. not the first time that Taker's done anything in full character that WWE doesn't mention. Remember when he did that NBA game? Um, he went to like an NBA game and he was in full character, and they yeah, didn't like, really it, WWE didn't talk about it on the shows. Yeah, I think it was a Cavs game. It was LeBron in there? But yeah, right, but, but yes. the point. But the point being, like, they're they're all in this they're all in this one country together right, right, for this right. very. I, that's the unique thing, you know. Like I don't. I don't think WWE was in Cleveland the same night that the Undertaker was at a Cavs game. So it's like, you know, that that's I don't know. But but to Chuck's point, maybe maybe Taker's maybe Taker knows. He's like, I don't want to get near Vince. If I get near Vince, he's going to talk me into a match for next year's main. <laughs> I think I think Undertaker being in Saudi Arabia just for Pitbull is more interesting than if we would have seen him on the show. So. And and I can guarantee you that he got paid more for introducing Pitbull than he would for any WrestleMania match. Well, it's Antoine Fair paying two bucks to ask. My question is, what was the check for that? Yeah, there you go. Uh, a hell of a lot of money, my friend. Pitbull pays well, <laughs> I guess. Okay, here's what we all want to talk about. Up next, AJ Styles and Omos up against RK Bro. Styles and Omos out first. <laughs> Now we didn't we didn't include this in our setting the scene up top here where we talked about it looks like a mania and there's pyros and giant stage, it looks like a mania all that and the entranceway is what WWE is using right now. One noticeable difference between the stage and the first row of fans off the stage, right about where the pyro is going off, there's a fleet of camels that are yep, just hanging out that are just being parked between the st- and, and the, the, these are live. Real camels and pyros going off within twenty feet of these things, and I'm like, "Well, this can't be safe." Mm-mm. Now, how do you know? How do you do? You have friends that are camels. Do you know what camels fear? You don't know anything about camels. Do you? Did you do research on camels too? <laughs> I didn't do a camels book report, but I'm just like, "All right, well, this is pyro going. This just can't be safe." I don't yeah. know. This is, I, I don't know. know. Just I think camels look tough. Like they wouldn't be scared of a little explosion. No, I, I'm on team Justin with this one, man. Like I'm, I, I, and and what what I thought about immediately was one poor camels, and then I thought back to well, wasn't it just like a year or two ago that like Cody caught some heat for bringing his dog out on stage at AEW? The pyro goes off, and the poor dog is scared all to hell. I, and and I mean these poor camels, I mean they are right by the friggin' pyro. I mean right by it. So. I don't know. I didn't like the cam- uh, I did not like the camel placement in this case, but I did enjoy the hell out of what came next. What's that line? Tigers don't like pepper. Or, tigers like yes! pepper. They hate, they hate cinnamon. It's a well-known fact. <laughs> they hate cinnamon. So those camels love fireworks, but they hate cinnamon. So let me let me walk you through how this happened because I did not I did not watch Crown Jewel live as it was as it was airing. I was, I was airing in the middle of the day today that wasn't conducive to my schedule, so I, I put it on the docket to watch uh, this evening. I tried to stay away from spoilers or and, and social media as best I could. At one point, though, you know, it slipped up, and I happened to open something, and I see a picture, which I said I see a picture of Randy Orton looking crazy, looking looking up at the Randy Orton expression, and I see Matt Riddle, and I see him on a camel, and I'm like, and obviously camels are, are, are very 
they're they're like a, a well-known part of, of middle eastern culture you know they're, they're, they're associated you know so i'm like i'm like is this like a bad stereotype photoshop like what is this you know because obviously matt <laughs> comes out on the scooter so i'm like oh this is a terrible like i think this is like borderline offensive i don't even understand so i just like swipe through i keep going figuring there must somebody just photoshopped matt riddle on a camel but then <laughs> but then i watch crown jewel and as i first and then the fireworks are going off and i see the fleet of camels i went Holy shit, it wasn't a Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, here comes Riddle and, and Orton. Riddle's on his scooter. I'm like, okay, maybe it was. And then he turns around and goes back through the curtain. I go, oh my God, it wasn't. <laughs> and then out he comes, riding the camel. Riddle high on the camel, as Michael Cole notes. The first wrestler. Riding high. The first wrestler to ride a camel since uh, Bobby Heenan at WrestleMania 9 at Caesars Palace. <laughs> this is an insane entrance. This, I mean, we always talk about WrestleMania entrances. Chuck, WrestleMania, we know for entrances and special, you know, come out in a car, come out in a tank, come out in the water. Riddle rode out on a camel. Tops it all, man. It tops it all. You think about the, the yeah, I mean, not just WrestleMania. I mean, all the entrances, man. You think about Shawn Michaels coming down on the zip line, right? How cool that was. No, give me the damn camel. This is an all timer, my friends. Good luck topping what happened today. Riddle made history. Riddle should have won King of the Ring, even though he wasn't in it, just because he came to the ring on a camel. That is a king move. This was a kingmaker. This was a kingmaker career move for Riddle. I hope that he brings that damn camel with him back to the States. I want to see this camel every single week. That's how much I like this. And you know he named the camel too. Scooter. Yeah, he named the camel Scooter. So he rode a scooter to the ring. I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? I feel like Rusev was like, I rode to the ring in a tank. And and Riddle was like, hold my blunt. Watch this. (laughs) Because he went out there in a freaking camel. Listen, I popped. I popped. I sent that picture to everybody. I was like... You're not watching Crown Jewel. You missed on this. Not not the Hell in a Cell match. No, this is what you missed out on. Yeah. Rusev rides a tank. Triple H rides like some ATVs, motorcycle stuff. Riddle's like, hold my joint. I got this. Baller. Just a Campbell baller is. move. I love it. Uh, there was a match. It was a very entertaining match as, as these four have come to uh, all, all four of them in, in whatever combination. They're fighting each other, singles or tag or what have you. Very entertaining. We get an RKO out of nowhere, which um, flattens AJ and lets Riddle hit the floating bro on AJ. So RK bro uh, wins once again. Uh, I, I, we were talking about this a little bit on Monday. For Raj and for me somewhat, I love RK bro. I loved it when it started, and I do like it, but I do feel like we're going to have to – like we're, we're starting to get to a point where we're going to have to have like the next chapter happen with them. Well, I'm not saying it has to be a breakup, but I do feel like we're starting to get a little redundant. Maybe it's just me. Yes, because they only feuded with AJ Styles and Omas, who, I know Justin's going to come for me, should not be a team anymore. That's the thing that needs to move on to the next chapter and break up, because I want to see AJ Styles against pretty much every one of your champions right now. That being said, it's because I like the chemistry between Matt Riddle and, and Randy Orton. It works. But you've only had him involved in this field since before SummerSlam. It's been going on for too long. You did that to yourselves by just completely demolishing your tag team division. The Street Profits coming over to Raw, maybe that can start a fresh field for them. They mentioned them in that backstage interview, so I'm hoping that we're ready to move on. And we'll see what they do with Styles and Riddle, but I personally am ready for AJ Styles to go back to singles competition. 
I agree with that. But yeah, I I do hope that the Street Profits are, are next up for RK Bro, because I think that that would be one hell of an entertaining feud. I mean, the Street Profits are straight fire. RK Bro is entertaining as hell. You breathe some new life into that team. You give them somebody else to to face and feud with, man. I'm, I'm all on board with that 100%. Um, but Justin, to your point, though, I mean, there's only so many feuds that they can go through before this act really does get stale. It is the kind of thing that kind of has a short shelf life to it. And I mean, it is feasible to honestly wonder, like, are they already on the clock? We're not going to have that answer until we see what they do with them next, who their next opponents are going to be. But yeah, I mean, to your point, that's that's an absolutely valid concern. Well, and I'm going to guess that, and I hope at least this is what it is, that for RK Bro and even AJ and Omos, that with both of these situations, they're doing what we wish they would do more of, which is long-term storytelling, which is start from the ending and work your way back. And I could, and my guess is Omos, AJ, the ending might be a mania singles match between the two of them, uh, coming out for Omos, where AJ can be there for him. And, we, and so you have to work backwards and let and time it out. For RK Bro, it might be Survivor Series and, and tension and dissension starts or Royal Rumble. So, and if, if that's the case, we're at this point, we are again, we're just now having to buy our time until we get to those pivotal mile markers where, where you know, the, 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 the breakups or teasing of the breakups really starts to happen. So, uh, we'll see. But I, I, I think to all of our points, Street Profits, Viking Raiders, whatever, get some fresh tag team situation in there because RK Bro versus AJ Nomas has, has ran its course for, for five months now. Uh, yes, it is. it's been five months. <clears throat> All right, up next we get the Queen's Crown Finals here, but between Zelina Vega and Dewdrop. Um, at this point, this is the quietest the crowd has been for this match, uh, and Vega is going to win with a Code Red powerbomb. So Zelina Vega, uh, she is your queen, your queen of the ring, your Queen's Crown champion, however you want to dub it. Uh, but there she is, uh, Zelina Vega, uh, in the first women's match of the night. Uh, there's only been, you know, you know, big deal. She's out there and she is on the, on the stage, uh, getting crowned as queen with scepter crown robe and all, uh, Issa, you good with this? Yes. The queen from, from Queens. I wish they would have built her up better in the progress to get here. I'm pretty sure they probably didn't know this was the end game when, you know, when they brought her back, but Selena went from losing a bunch of matches to queen of the ring, <laughs> you know, um, that being said, I'm not going to give that too much thought. I thought it was, you know, this, this whole, this whole tournament was slightly disappoint disappointing. I'm glad that they gave them, I think five minutes today instead of two minutes. Um, but ultimately I am happy with the final result that it went to Selena Vega and they, you know, I, I originally was rooting for Shayna Baszler here, but if Shayna wasn't going to get it, Selena was my next option here. So we'll see what they do with them. I do think Selena has the charisma, the character, and the mic skills to really run with this gimmick. So they made the right choice. Yeah, the finish looked uh, pretty pretty dope too. Um, so mm -hmm. it was it was kind of cool to see uh, the, <laughs> the little girl do that with the big girl. I was like, holy crap, man! That was that was pretty cool. Let me go back and watch that again, and I did. Um, but yeah. My concern here is what we've seen with these talents who have done largely nothing before they get, you know, mm -hmm. this little bit of a push um, in what historically has been King of the Ring or, or really anything that's that's kind of similar. They get this push 
but then they still wind up doing absolutely nothing with them in the long run. And so my hope is that they will be able to continue to keep Zelina elevated. I think that she is still an underutilized talent. I would like to see more opportunities for her. I hope that she is able with this queen status to maintain um, some sort of a higher profile on the card. But Justin, man, I'm just not confident that this is going to last all that long by no fault of Zelina's own. I'm right there with you. It's all in WWE to prove it to us that this is going to matter. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I was, I think I was perfect in my predictions up to this point. I still, I picked Zelina uh, and my, my explanation on Monday night on this, on, on this uh, podcast feed was uh, Zelina came back. Very surprised. She came back after leaving WWE in kind of a controversial, ugly exit. You know, we heard the the, the twitch and, and all and all the different things. She comes back when her real life husband ends up going over to AEW. So I was really surprised to see her back in WWE. And so when I see her in the finals, I'm just like, I gotta think that this has got to be given to her. That you know, they got to do they got to do something with her, and or they promised her something, and which helped get her to come back. Um, but yeah, now let's see. Do they actually do something? Is it just is it just a, a name recognition of, of Queen Zelina Vega, or uh, does this you know thrust her into a bigger picture uh, in the women's division, which certainly could use a shakeup of names? Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, no problem with her winning. I, I am. I will admit, I am still a little torn of the. Again, as we talked about, it's great what they're doing. It's great that they're providing entertainment to the to the people in Saudi Arabia. It's great. Uh, again, it started the very first Saudi show that WWE did. No women even traveled with them. Mm-hmm. Then we then we progressed to I think it was Lacey Evans versus Natalia. You now have got, Renee Young on commentary. Then they had Lacey Evans in. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, a little. So so no women travel. Okay, we'll put a, a woman. On the, we'll put a woman on the mic. Then it's a women's match tonight. It was the first women's referee. That opening match, Jessica Carr was the referee, uh, and now we're getting multiple women's matches. And one of them is where we're. You know, one of them is a title match. One of them is we're crowning. So while I love the progression that's happening, and I know this is progress in a, in a different part of the world than what we live in, um, I part of me does still get torn. That then I'm standing there, you know, is this the, is this the place I want Queen of the Ring crowned? You know, obviously they can't wear their traditional ring gear. They have to be respectful of again just what what what, what the culture is used to. They're all wearing long sleeves, no skin showing. No, I just I, I find myself torn. I'm like I want to be happy, mm-hmm. but then I'm also like, is, is this too manufactured? Is this too forced? I don't know. But end of the day, that's just on me. Zelina Vega uh, is your Queen's Crown champion, so we'll be very interested to see how they book her in the upcoming weeks as, we, as we're talking about. All right, Lashley versus Goldberg. Murder has been promised. <laughs> your life is on the line. Your life is on the line. Um, <laughs> we start with Lashley wrapping his fist with chain. That's pretty cool. Uh, he's kind of dominating Goldberg for the first third of this match. Uh, he even grabs a chair. Of course, there's no holes barred. He's attacking uh, Goldberg's knee. Uh, so this is all <clears throat> uh, Bobby Lashley. I, and I even like, you know, commentary's doing, commentary's trying to give a little, tr- trying to build some more real-life animosity. Of course, Goldberg's son is, is a big part of the story of building into it, but they, you know, Michael Cole and Corey Graves collectively are talking about how, you know, these two guys were put on separate chartered flights because we couldn't even have them on the same flight coming over here and after Goldberg spent an entire day and a half traveling here the first thing he did was get to the gym because he was so focused on this uh you know just fun stuff to like we all know the whole roster did have to fly to Saudi Arabia so like yeah work some things in like that they had to be on separate flights because they couldn't you know I thought that was kind of good little again 
commentary filling in some some gaps. Uh, Lashley's dominating. Goldberg, though, he's eventually going to cut him off. Goldberg's going to hit the spear, going to uh, um, or excuse me, hit the jackhammer, not pin him. Normal Goldberg fashion to be jackhammer, pin me, pay me, I'm out of here. Uh, pin you, pay me. Uh, but no, he keeps it going all in the name of he is just vicious. Chuck, you don't talk about his family this way. Just vicious, attacking Bobby Lashley. Uh, Cedric and Shelton come out with ken- kendo sticks. He disposes of them. And then Goldberg spears Lashley off the stage, risking his life, spearing him 15 feet off the stage. Sell it, Justin. Sell it. Because that's what he had to do. That's what he had to do. This man attacked your son. He Feel didn't it. kill him. <laughs> he tried to though he grabbed the step he had lashley's head on a chopping block yeah he tried to, he tried to gu- guillotine his head off <laughs> cobra gets the win in case you were doubting Nah, this the, the the outcome of this match was never really gonna be in any doubt i you know the, the one surprise for me was how long this match actually went. It seemed to me like this was way longer than the typical Goldberg match. I wasn't there with the stopwatch, but Issa, did this seem longer to you? Yes. Yes, Goldberg did not gas out after two minutes. I was very proud of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. Listen, he, went, he, went I, to the, he went to the gym after that two-day flight. Oh, that's he right. To, uh, come on. Like, we don't know that Goldberg lives in the gym. Nobody's taking away that the dude is Jack, especially at his age, right? But I am going to go ahead and say that I think this was his first match, his best match since coming back. If I'm Goldberg, I retire after this because I thought that that is the best that he's looked in a very long time. I know a lot of people saying he looked great against um, Sigler. That was a squash match. Here he wrestled. They went on for a little while, you know. I love the way they shot that ending. I thought it looked badass. The camera worked on the way that it looked. I might be nitpicking here, but... I wish we would have not done a shame spot earlier because then I would have probably popped more when Bobby Lashley pulled out the shame. But we have Seth Rollins wrapped it around his boot and kicked a man in the face with a shame. So I know that's Nick picking, but it was too too close together for me to appreciate both spots. I didn't think that Lashley's came off as well because we did it earlier. And also Nick picking is just the treatment of recent WWE champions here and the treatment of the Hurt Business. They reunited for what? For what? Yeah. To get decimated by Goldberg? And I get it because Goldberg is fighting here with the anger of this man touching his son and now I have a whole different rage in me. We'll see where they go with the her business. But I mean, Goldberg just took him out so easily that it was like, we never wanted them to break up. They take it back, which WWE hardly ever does, and put them back together. But this is the second time that we see Goldberg single-handedly take out both guys like they're nothing. Who, by the way, had an excellent match on the pre-show with the Usos. So, you know, just go. And Bobby Lashley felt like such a big deal a few months ago, and now he's taking the spin. Same with Drew McIntyre. At least Drew McIntyre is going a different direction to another show, but go like Lashley, where is he going to fall in the mix of things now on Raw? We'll see. It is worth noting the, the, the little bit they did try to give Lash at the end there. So Lashley gets speared off the stage into the whatever, gets pinned. They did make a point to show and put over. Yes. Lashley was on his feet. You know, during Goldberg celebration, being helped, but up and commentary selling. Oh my God, he's actually up and walking. So that did feel like an that did feel like acknowledgement by WWE's office of saying, "We know Goldberg's going to now disappear until WrestleMania, and Bobby Lashley's still going to be here. We need to make sure we keep credibility to Lashley." I so appreciated I think, that too. Yeah. And we also need to make sure that he didn't die because that's what yeah. Goldberg promised. He lied on his promise. I did not see Bobby Lashley die today. 
Yeah, uh, but you know, yeah, Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg we, I think we knew Goldberg had to win. I mean, Goldberg did not win at SummerSlam. They weren't going to get the title to him, so they got they you know they got out of SummerSlam with a screwy finish and with the sun. So he needed to get his pin here, his victory here. Also, Goldberg needed to look good in a Saudi Arabia show because he almost killed the Undertaker yeah. the last time that day. So I think- <laughs> Goldberg doesn't have a good track record in Saudi Arabia, but and he got um, Bobby Lashley up for the jackhammer. I think that's the first, the most solid a jackhammer of his has has looked in a long time because he hasn't been able to lift people up. He couldn't get Bray Wyatt up for that freaking yeah. jackhammer a few yeah. years ago. So. And you have to think he was thinking the same thing. He's like, there's no way I'm going to F up this match again. Right. So he was extra motivated, I think, today, not because of his son, but because he wanted to redeem himself from the last time he was over there. And I think he certainly did a good job of doing that. Look, to be fair, Goldberg's in his 50s. I mean, most men have trouble with the jackhammer in their 50s. Yeah, you use your blue chew. Blue chew, please. Uh, by the way, the. By the way, the Goldberg match uh, just over eleven minutes, so that that's an eternity on his 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 watch. Yeah, uh, Stella Justin over Lopez, time. Yeah, exactly over time. That's holiday pay. Uh, Stella Justin <laughs> Lopez two point oh four ninety nine. Whenever Edge gets back, his next feud should be against AJ WrestleMania match. Uh, I think I think both men would love to do that at a WrestleMania. Absolutely. Uh, Antoine Fair five dollars. Okay, let's be real. Goldberg was wrong and and is angry. Like everything, every time he's saying you touch my son, I'm like, dude. He jumped in the ring from behind. Oh, that is true. Uh, his son it's did jump in the point. ring. It's I think Corey, Corey Graves said that in the commentary. Corey Graves said, unless you're a WWE superstar, you don't jump the barricade. You sit in the crowd and just mind your business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Or you're going to get it. So, But yeah, props to them. And I actually didn't think they did that bad at SummerSlam either, but this was the best Goldberg has looked since coming back, in my opinion. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Makes you wonder, like, you know, we know Goldberg's at these, like, you know, what, couple matches a year he's got to do through 23. I mean, I through 2023, like, like what other combination of matches are they going to, you know? Because, like, they don't, again, SummerSlam again was just a cop-out because they just weren't going to give the title to Goldberg. It's like they don't use Goldberg and they, hey, get this person over. They, I mean, they just don't. Right. It's not, Goldberg doesn't, they don't know, Goldberg doesn't give the rub of being the guy that was once 178 no or whatever and like having like he doesn't get beat the only people he gets beat by is are people that are already made and established roman reigns right. brock lesnar undertaker i mean like oh, he, bobby you know it just yeah it's just so you know i, I don't sadly i don't see goldberg <laughs> elevating riddle or elevating damian priest or no 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 being used in that way especially not riddle he could elevate Big E. It's Big E's dream match. It would be fun to see it. That, that that's fair. I could get on board with Big E Goldberg at Mania, or I even get the on Rumble. board with him retiring. <laughs> no, no. We, look, if he's got two years left on his deal, let's make the most of them. He's had let's two make... years left for five. Enough. <laughs> well, let's sign him to another extension. Okay, let's just keep this train rolling down the tracks, Isa. Let's keep it going. He needs to stay at home with Gage. Nah. <laughs> All right. Up next here, we got the finals of the King of the Ring tournament. Uh, the 22nd King of the Ring will be crowned. Another Michael Cole fun fact coming out. Uh, we got Finn Balor up against Xavier Woods. Uh, this is a good match. I mean, you really you look at these two guys. Uh, I mean, unless one of them is like, unless one of them is injured or gets injured severely in the match, these two couldn't have a bad match. They're both just so athletic. Um, they're both both of their characters are really in kind of a good spot right now. Well. Finn's is actually a weird spot, but Xavier with where he and the New Day are, where he and his asper- lifelong aspirations to be a King of the Ring champion are, this makes it fun to tune into, and the right call was made. Am I right, Issa? Xavier Woods goes, yes, the boyhood the dream. 
walks the top rope, hits the elbow, and yes, the boyhood dream comes true. Xavier Woods is now king of the ring. You will now identify and refer to him as King Xavier. I am so happy for him. I thought this match could go either way, and I feel like we were all rooting for King Woods. We know how open he's been about this. Probably one of the very few superstars that have openly said, I just want to be king of the ring, right? They all come in. They want to be WWE champions. They want to be this and that. But Xavier Woods have always been so open about wanting to be king. It was meant to be. But it's Finn Balor. And they put the machine behind Finn Balor every time. So I was like, I went in there thinking I wouldn't doubt they give it to Balor just to, you know, just for the sympathy storyline for Xavier. Chuck, do you agree? Do you agree that, like... Xavier Woods has been so open, as, as he's saying. And, like, people are so latched on this. If you have, even though this is a baby versus baby match, if Finn Balor wins this, I kind of feel like you're just setting up for just heel backlash from the crowd. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, you you can't have Xavier Woods lose this, especially given the fact that Kofi's had the title. Big E has had the title, right? right. So, like, what is in this for Xavier Woods? If the title was never his main goal, his main goal has always been king of the ring, then by God, give it to him, man. Um, here's, here's though, my question. This is what kind of like left me wondering after he's he's there, he's celebrating, he's got his scepter and he's trying to put his cape on. Um, he calls to the camera and he's like, hey, 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 bring it back to me, bring it back to me. I control this now. When I say bring the camera to me, bring the camera to me. I control the shots now. I'm the king. Like, I'm like, is he going to heal out as king now? Or is he just having fun? Like, I didn't really know. To me, I'm a little bit confused and don't know where they're going to go with that. But that, to me, seemed a little bit heelish. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. I don't know, Justin. What do you think? Well, so I'm torn between that, Chuck, because I noticed that too. And that's been a pitch that I've seen fans have. As fans are constantly pitching that the New Day eventually has to break up or somebody has to turn heel, I've seen that pitch of yeah, Xavier Woods brings King of the Ring and he becomes egotistical. Problems with he and Kofi happen and, and there's a split. Um, so that certainly could like you can make an argument that kind of like sets like a seed of it. Also, though, as I'm just watching in real time, he's doing it. He's like, you don't cut out, you know, all the things you just said. And uh, the director's is, his name is Marty, the guy that's actually cutting the, the, the changing the, the shots and calling the shots from the production truck. And Michael Cole, if you listen to Michael Cole saying, Michael Cole's, I forget, I'm paraphrasing, he said something to the effect of like, you know, uh, Marty better listen to Xavier, Mar- or, 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 or Xavier's healing Marty, something, but they referenced. So, like, it, it did feel like a very just everybody in the moment was just being jovial and just happy. Uh, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a scripted thing that, that Cole had notes of like, Corey, do you hear? Because they is this going to go to his head? Are we are we seeing a new side? Like it didn't feel like it was a talking point of like we need to set a certain tone for what's to come, but we'll see. Um, I, I personally, I feel like the new day is one of these things that they've lasted this long. You don't need to break them up. Let let them be the one act that just never did. Let them be the one act that goes on the Hall of Fame stage in ten years and they turn on each other on the Hall of Fame stage <laughs> in tongue and cheek. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that that's, that's 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 where we're at yeah. at this point. Yeah, I would have loved to seen the hug between him and Biggie. Given the fact that Biggie was up next, you knew he was right behind Gorilla. I really would have liked to see their interaction after. Because we saw um, Kofi Kingston posted his reaction because he was watching from home. Would have loved to see just that interaction between Biggie and Xavier Woods. I would not be shocked if uh, one of the future WWE 24 7s or something. (laughs) Documentaries included, yeah. Yeah, whether it's on, not the show, but if it's on Xavier Woods or something, I wouldn't be shocked if we see that kind of a. 
that kind of a moment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, speaking of speaking of speaking of speaking of Big E, he is up next, defending his WWE title up against Drew McIntyre. Crowd is very much into this match. This is interesting, Chuck, because this is a match that I mean, again, you don't have to be a smart, smart fan, but you're kind of like, okay, Big E just got this. Drew's had it for a, a lot of the last year plus. Um, it's not the last match. It's kind of sandwiched in this in, in this card. Like, does not feel like, does not at all feel like any real chance of Drew taking this title back. But yet, the fans were hanging on this match, biting on the false finishes. So I got to think, all things considered, for that for everything I just set up here. Uh, well done by these guys. Yeah, uh, overachieved given where they were on the card, and maybe that's just because, damn it, you know they they went out there with the mentality of this is a title match and we're going to shine, even though we're kind of in this unenvious kind of position. Um, I, you know, it's it's like two big guys, two strong guys going up against each other in the ring, but goddamn, if they both of them, you know, aren't athletic as hell too, man, I really enjoy this. And a lot of times, you know, and I think we've talked about this here on the show before as well, is like when you get two big guys in the ring that are just like so muscular, they can't even turn to wipe their backside. Right. <laughs> um, you know, so like you don't, get I don't know what that's like, Chuck. I can't relate. <laughs> I'm talking from experience though. Um, but but you know when you got those individuals like they tend not to be the most athletic in the world but you know drew obviously he can do his thing biggie with the football background legitimate strong guy like they really shine man and and i enjoyed this match i wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as i did but i'll be damned if you know this wasn't one where you get up and go to the bathroom man like i i was hooked on this isa was not in the bathroom uh justin (laughs) cover your ears Big meaty men slapping meats, baby. Yo, I absolutely, you're good. You're good. You done? What? <laughs> yeah. Earmuffs? Earmuffs? Yeah. What the hell? Big meaty men slapping meats. Okay. That's what was going on in the ring for this and the main event. They killed it. They had the crowd eating out of the palm of their hands. And as predictable, predictable is not always bad. Drew McIntyre can put on some amazing matches. You could tell their interactions between the two of them throughout the last few weeks on Raw. They were going to have fun today. And it came through. That match was everything. The Claymore spot was so much fun. I enjoyed it. I thought they killed it. Yeah, big. Uh, yeah, I, I all agreed. I can't really add much more to that. Uh, big win for Big E. We'll see now where he, again, now that the rosters are going to settle in the new draft uh, results. Uh, we'll see how things shake up for his uh, challengers and where his run is. Uh, going real quick back to Big E's compadre, Xavier Woods, still Justin Lopez, 999, saying, Woods as king, I get he's well-liked, but I still only see him as a hype man in mid-carter. If you look through the history of winners, he's probably a notch above, above Mabel. Wow. Woo. That's a whole bunch of shade. Good Lord, he man. The smoke. Stellar what? Justin Lopez wants all the smoke. Wow, what did Woods do to you, sir? Good yeah. God, that's just mean. And, and I, and I, I mean, I, who are you to doubt Mabel? I, I right? love. I, I with that. I mean, Xavier. I mean, I and I loved Mabel's one of the first wrestlers I ever met. I loved Mabel, but like is, Xavier Woods is far and wide beyond Mabel. I mean, like I, I don't know. That's that's yeah. I, I agree. With, I with what Chuck says, Justin. What did what did. What I mean, did Woods steal your girl or something? Like what? What's going on there? Something happened. <clears throat> Super chat. Give us the backstory. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's some uh, serious shade being thrown. Okay, uh, moving on. 
Becky Lynch, your SmackDown Women's Champion, up against Sasha Banks, up against Bianca Belair. Uh, um, look, this is a WrestleMania match. Again, keeping with our big show comparison, this is a WrestleMania match. It's a SummerSlam match. This is title on the line. Uh, this is where my predictions faltered. This is the one I got wrong here because I'm thinking Becky's coming in a SmackDown champ. She's been drafted to Raw. It's, it's, it's the obvious, right? We got to get the title off. Her. We got to do the job. You're leaving the territory. Becky Lynch rolls up Sasha Banks in an inside cradle small package, holds the rope for a little heel measure. She keeps the title. Issa, what am I missing here? Uh, I As soon as Charlotte Flair retained on Monday, I had a feeling this was going to happen. As soon as they let Charlotte, I was like, they're just going to swap titles. They're going to let Becky keep it, and they're going to swap titles. Um, listen, I feel like in this situation, you're doomed if you do, and you're doomed if you don't. Because it's like, if they just have Bianca win on Monday, and you have Sasha win today because those women are going to their respective brands, then it almost feels as predictable as it does swapping the belt. So let's just put on some good matches and handle the belts later, right? I outside of the I don't mind Becky Lynch retaining. I'm just glad that we got the match that we got out of it. Right. That match today was absolutely incredible. I saw Becky Lynch posted on Instagram and I think it was TJ who produced the match. Hats off to him. There was these girls were doing things that I never I never seen in a triple threat match before. Bianca Belair shine again. She's a star. Why she's not holding any belts is beyond me at this point, but I feel like every single one of them got their moment to shine. The crowd was so into Becky during the entrances, but throughout they were chanting for every, for every single one of them. And I felt that way throughout the match. I felt myself rooting for any of them to win at some point. So I, this match was incredible. And I knew it was going to be as soon as they announced it. As soon as I saw Sasha interrupt their match and, and I knew that we were going to get this triple threat. I knew they were going to kill it and deliver and they, over exceeded my expectations. They were amazing and hats off to the women. Yeah. Legit when um when she did the the one arm press and had Sasha over over her head with the one arm press. One uh, like, hand. I I'm I'm yeah. I'm legitimately in the middle of a Zoom meeting and thank God that I had my mic muted at the time because I I let out a big old holy shit. You know, it was like I have never seen that before. Like that was super dope. And I, I hope that she like tucks that away and like brings it back out in six months and does it again. Cause damn, was that impressive. Yeah. For those who didn't see the show and again, <clears throat> are using us as a barometer are using us of the, as an index of what to go fast forward to uh, this, to what Chuck was just saying. This is a, a point to check out. You, you you'll probably see a clip of it on, on Twitter. If you search, uh, yeah, Bianca has Sasha above her head, but rather than the old fashioned, you know, two hands, she is one handed. Holding and pumping Sasha. Posing and smiling. Yeah. Posing and smiling like it's nothing. And I, I posted a picture of it on my Twitter, and I was like, bro, what? And somebody was like, well, Sasha Banks is like 120 pounds. I'm like, do it. You do it. Doesn't Send me matter. a picture of yeah. yourself doing what she just did. Or the whole Sasha. Like, stop trying to take away yeah. from it. That was impressive in all calibers. Don't don't try to man explain to me <laughs> what yeah. Bianca's doing is not impressive because it was <laughs> no it doesn't matter what Sasha's weight if you yeah if you if you were doing that with your groceries that were that's just it's ridiculous it's so uh, yeah right. 120 pounds like think about this right you know those uh five gallon jugs of water that you put on top of a bubbler each one of those weighs about 40 pounds so you're still talking about three of those with one arm raised above your head like 
that is a lot of friggin' weight, man. Like it was an insane spot. Uh, yeah, yes. very insane. Uh, so yeah, so again, this was the this was my surprise of the night of the finish here. Becky does retain. So uh, tune in Monday. Uh, well, t- tune in tomorrow for SmackDown, and then tune in Monday. You to see. really didn't think that we'll go in this direction just based on the fact that they allow Charlotte to retain on Monday? I, I, I didn't know. I thought that uh, I, I I think I think my pick. I think I had my pick was was Bianca. I think I picked Bianca for this. I think the only time I had a seat in that Survivor Series. Well, no, because I mean, unless they do the brand versus brand, it's not gonna matter. They're gonna have to swap belts. I'm telling you. But the only time that I I feel like a seed was planted or doubt was when Becky got pinned because Becky hadn't lost in so long. But as soon mm-hmm. as I saw that Charlotte was retaining, I I personally had a feeling that um, they were gonna let Becky retain and then handle the titles just later on. All right. Well, I'm not here for it, but I have no say. <laughs> Finally, our main event of the evening for the Universal title. It is the head of the table, the tribal chief, Roman Reigns, on his 416th day as champion, up against the beast, Brock Lesnar. Issa, is that a Universal Issa. title in your pants, or are you just happy to see them? Wow. I was so happy to see this match, and I did have a universal title belt in my pants as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Puerto Rican lady would is out. All right, here we go. Here's the rundown, folks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I get when my two favorites face each other. I wasn't ready. Look, I'm already fanning myself, I've, I've been we in haven't a, even I, talked about it. I've been in a seat next to you, and I've had to move over <laughs> another 18 inches because you were impeding my, my space with your, with your excitement. <laughs> Um, wow we go way back Chuck. We y'all are funny oh my lord Puerto Rican lady would I had to move over because you were impeding my space that's that's I, a shoot I, that's that's a shoot the Barclays Center was not big enough one night for 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 what she had going on wow <laughs> I have a I was, lot of love for Beast I was, and Roman okay I was calling Jay-Z I was like yo get this chick her own suite so she can be in her own like isolation of <laughs> Uh, he didn't return my call Uh, okay uh here we go here's the rundown of this this is pro wrestling this 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 is medium rare meat hitting meat this is what i this is what we're talking about here in saudi all right we got brock uh he's quick to start here with uh with roman reigns uh roman then is going to hit a barrage of superman punches roman's going to have the upper hand again it's kind of similar to how last year the upper hand uh, and there, and his match at Goldberg. Uh, Roman's going to have this. I want to note and to keep this in mind this entire time. Paul Heyman is out there. Paul Heyman makes the entrance with Roman Reigns. Paul Heyman, who is normally very loud, very boisterous, coaching from the side, can hear him even when he's not in the camera shot, is not saying a word. He's not even making an animated re- reaction to anything either man is doing. So keep that in mind. If you're watching attention to detail of where's Paul Heyman fit, where is his allegiance, he's playing it close to the vest. We resume. Roman, barrage of Superman punches. Then we get Suplex City. Brock turns it, starts to put out, I think, uh, four or five suplexes there. Uh, Brock hits an F5. Roman Reigns kicks out. You have my attention now, sir. Then Roman Reigns counters another F5 and turns it into the guillotine submission. That doesn't go anywhere. Finally, the next F5. Brock hits it, but Roman, he ends up catapulting Roman into the referee. Then as that's going on, Roman Reigns hits a spear. Uh, Paul Heyman, again, not animated at all, not selling anything. He tosses the belt 
smack dab in the ring, equal distant between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, and he screams, you know what to do with it. But who was he screaming it to? They both seem to start tug-of-warring over this belt, and as Brock breaks away with full possession of the belt, here come both Usos, super kick and stereo, and then Roman, Reign, Roman Reigns uses that belt, hits Brock over the head. A new referee conveniently slides in. One, <laughs> two, three. Roman Reigns retains. He and Brock and the Usos leave the arena, side-eyeing, still in question to Paul Heyman of what or where Paul Heyman's uh, alliances and, and, and loyalty is. And, of course, Brock Lesnar kind of leaving, uh, laying there in the ring, you know, knowing that he got screwed. Uh, Issa, I, I can't go to Chuck on this one. I have to go to you Ew. first. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, help me break down the X's and O's of what is going on. Is it Was this the... this? It was entertaining as a main event, but it, this also was a very open-ended we need far more to happen, right? Yes, 1,000%. Paul Heyman has been the star of this field. I still don't know who he was talking to. I don't know who he was trying to help. His reaction freaking out on top of the ramp and Roman side-eyeing him. I mean, Paul Heyman has really, really made this entire storyline. I have to give him shout-outs for a couple of throwbacks. Um, Brock Lesnar picking up Nash from the pants like he did bad at Extreme Rules against John Cena. Appreciated that. Appreciated the tug of war over the title. Reminded me of that horrible go-home segment before WrestleMania 31. So I had to give him props on that. Listen, I know my Brock and Roman story, okay? <laughs> but I don't know. I, I personally think that Paul was trying to help Brock. I think the storyline has to continue. And in order for that to happen, you have to see some kind of turn, whether it is that Paul turns on Roman or Roman drops Paul because he doesn't trust him. Something has to give here because the storyline is certainly far from over. Brock made a statement afterwards saying that he's going to come into SmackDown tomorrow and beat Roman Reigns senseless. So this is going to continue. Chuck, for all of this big mega mania status type show we've talked about, did this live up to the main event uh, billing for you? Yeah, and just like the Goldberg match, this one went a lot longer than I was expecting as well. This really did have a big-time bout feel to it, and I thought that both guys actually did a, a phenomenal job with this. Um, and it was kind of a reminder of how good Brock can be um, when when given the chance. Um, this is one of the better matches that I can recall him being in. And so, I mean, I know that it's been a while, but, you know... Um, it's just one of his better matches. I loved everything about it. Um, and I love the way that we still don't know what's happening with Paul Heyman. Like they are telling this story masterfully and it's, it's not WWE rushing to get through a storyline or just dropping a storyline. They are taking their sweet time with this. And so, you know, that we're not done yet. And I'm genuinely excited to see where this goes next, but I would be remiss if I did not, as long as we're talking about this match, give an attaboy to Charles Robinson, who took one of the better ref bumps that I've also seen in quite some time during this match as well. So that that is some good selling there today by uh, Little Nate. So I was on board with that. That even added an extra layer to the match. Everything about this, I really liked. Soup to nuts. This was just great. Excellent way to cap off the show. It was a great ref bump. And uh, Little Nate ain't young Nate anymore. So uh, to take that mm -hmm. bump of the of Roman coming into you for the F5 and then to be 
uh, kicked out of the ring and to fall the entire four plus feet from the ring to the floor. Yeah. So he fell um, flat too. Yeah. Jesus, man, that was a thud when he hit the ground. It was. Uh, that, and this match, by the way, was between 12 and 13 minutes. So yeah, this is a little bit longer again by some standards of, you know, what you might might expect uh, for the for 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 Brock specifically. Uh, yeah, I mean this. Back to the Paul Heyman point. I, I I'm going to say that um, my prediction, just real quick, and we can close on our prediction. Then we can close on the close on on the predictions uh, for the story, and then this this event overall. I think yeah, I think eventually Paul does get back with Brock. Whether it's been a masterful plan the whole time, or whether Roman boots him to the curb, we'll see. But I think in logic here, both storyline and real life is Brock needs Paul more than Roman needs Paul in terms of, you know, Brock can do a quick, if you let Brock say whatever he wants, i.e. let him curse, whatever. I mean, Brock can give some really good quotes, some one-liners, but in all in all, Paul does a great job just speaking for him. It just, it works. It is a, it is just a a tremendous relationship. So I think that goes a long way. If you're going to have Brock around again for a few more years, doing a few more matches, Roman certainly, you know, Paul helps sell Roman as a heel. <clears throat> We've all bought into this point. And then Roman has the Usos with him. Uh, and then I think about, like, okay, where's Roman going to go in the next year or two? We all know there's there's an, an inevitable match probably against The Rock. Paul doesn't need to be there. That's not going to need Paul Heyman. That's going to have enough mouths as is. Uh, so I just think Paul Heyman makes a lot more sense with a Brock Lesnar in the long term. Plus, Paul with Brock is very believable because in real life, Paul is part of Brock's inner circle. So it's just, it, you know, you watch Brock when he was a champion at UFC. When they'd show the real look lives of Brock Lesnar in the arena earlier in the day, Paul Heyman would be paces behind him, part of the yes. the crew. I mean, like, so it, it's just, it it's believable. You know, it's, 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 it's. While you you're on up. that topic, I will say that since Brock coming back, I hadn't missed Paul Heyman with him. I thought he was carrying his own. But it felt so weird to hear him being introduced by the ring announcer and not, Paul Heyman. I think it's the first time in years that that Brock was introduced by a ring announcer and not Paul Heyman. And that is the moment yeah. that it really hit me that Paul Heyman is not with Brock anymore. And he and he felt he felt odd for me at least as a huge Lesnar fan. I didn't I didn't like that part. I was like, oh come on. <laughs> and by the I was way, waiting Bro- for Paul to rip the mic off of him. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, Brock and Isai, I'm sure you already noticed this. Brock at 44 years old, Brock had not had a match in a couple of years. Brock looks to be in the best shape he's been in a long time. And that's yes. and that's not that's not to say that Brock was ever really in slop condition, but he is jacked. And then you add in the yeah. the man bun thing he's got going oh, on. That was beautiful. Yes. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yes. Cowboy cowboy Brock is just sexy. <laughs> she got the steamies. She got oh, the boy. steamies. Antoine Fair, two dollars, two man power trip. Give it to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there was another super chat. Um, we were talking about where this, how this feud may continue. I think this one came in at like eleven eighteen. If you want to go back and and look at that, Team Roman versus Team Brock, would this work at Survivor Series? I no, I I don't see this being a Survivor Series kind of a match where each one has their own team. Um, I I really don't see WWE going that route. Justin, am I incorrect here? No, I, I, I especially. I mean, like Team Roman, I can see with Roman and the Usos, and 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 uh, you, you recruit one more. But yeah, a Team Brock. Brock's not the type to. Brock is the ultimate isolationist. He's not the type to need a team. I mean, he he hasn't been on a Survivor Series team in eighteen years. I mean, he does yeah. not. Doesn't make sense unless he like has him at gunpoint. Who's gonna work on Brock's team? Well, He's uh, never made friends. Right, there's, there's no <laughs> Justin yeah. Benjamin and him. That's gonna be the team. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. No. I don't. 
I don't see that. So th- thank you I want, for. I want Survivor Series to be the brand supremacy just because I want to see Biggie against Roman. I want to see Shinsuke against Damian Priest. Right now, I'm looking forward. Well, I to think you're. Right. Yeah, I mean that, that's. I think that that's the gimmick, right? Basically, Survivor Series yep. is essentially bragging rights. It's champions versus champions. Yep. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder, uh, like, how soon it, it's going to be before we see Brock again. Like, uh, do you think that he's going to show tomorrow. up tomorrow? Night? Do you think he'll be there tomorrow night? Are I they advertising it tomorrow the night? Fly, if, if they let the planes leave. <laughs> oh, God. Don't, don't, don't jinx them. Don't jinx them. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hopefully they are happily in the air chugging the uh, mini bottles at the bar, and they are watching this while they are flying back stateside. Well, you know, Roman is because we got that private jet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm wondering that like if all of their chartered flights now were just dry after the dark side of the ring doc documentary yeah. hit, right? So <laughs> now I think Jericho even tells a story where like they wouldn't let him drink. Obviously, you know, you couldn't drink in Saudi Arabia and they wouldn't even let him drink till they're like an hour like in the air. So like he was counting yeah. down the time until he could get the vodka <laughs> until he was an hour in airspace. Uh yeah. I can feel his pain. Uh, no, I mean, like, it's it's a funny thing about the, the chart. Like, I think this is the Goldberg earlier. When the commentary is like, you know, Goldberg and Lashley, they couldn't even be on the same flight. They'd have two separate flights. I'm like, oh, way to work in a way to way to work into kayfabe that you know Goldberg flies com- flies right? private while the rest of them are on a commercial <laughs> charter. Yeah. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. I I, um, I really enjoyed this main event. Um, I think it took them what four tries. With Roman and Brock, but they finally got the story right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. King Rail, King Rail, do you see Paul turning on Roman? Uh, I don't know if it's Paul turning on Roman or Roman booting him. I, I think it's more powerful for Roman to boot Paul and Paul to come crawling back to Brock. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. I, That's what I, was, I want to happen. I was thinking like how King Rail is thinking the whole, the whole way, um, but I like that. That's a nice little interesting twist. Like maybe well, my- Paul was aligned with the, the bloodline this entire time, and then, oh, crap, Roma got it wrong. I don't know. I have a hard time saying, like – to say have Paul turn on Roman to say it's like it was this one big long matchful thing. I don't know. I, I kind of I think I'd prefer like I, I think I prefer like the story like like Paul Heyman is like the, the sleazy car salesman, right? I'd prefer the story be Paul was trying to uh, trying to milk both teeth. He was trying to burn the candle on both ends, and Roman got tired of it first, and he comes crawling back and begging Brock, and you know, and he's he's just back again as advocate. I, I you know I I don't know. I just I, I like that, but I think it does. It's Paul's sleazy car salesman gimmick, and it makes Roman truly look like a head of a table kind of boss. How right. long do you think that they keep this storyline going, though? Does this drag all the way to next year's WrestleMania? Or does this get blown off at the Rumble? How long do you see this going? I think Mania, especially, you know, again, like if, you know, again, if the inevitable is a Roman versus Rock, but if that's not going to happen until two Manias from now when they're in LA, so what does Roman do at this Mania? You know what I mean? I don't know. I think. Yeah, I, mean, I could see them having another match again. Again, I, what, what what they can do stakes wise to continue making it a top marquee, I don't know. But so. we'll find out. They've done a good job so far. I'm not going to doubt them. You know, yeah. especially if Paul Heyman gets you know his opportunity to throw his two cents into the creative. So I right. think it's it's all good. Absolutely. All right. Yes or no? Each of you. Chuck, was this the best show WWE's done in Saudi Arabia? Mind you, they started in, eight, in the spring of 2018. Uh, so we've had probably, this is probably the, maybe what, I don't know, fifth, sixth show in Saudi. Is this the, is this the best one they've done? 
No question about it. I, I don't even think that there's anything that you can compare it to. Today's show was just so damn good. Um, they're going to have a real hard time topping this the next time they're in Saudi. There's no question. And it's it's just not even close, Justin. Issa? 100% yes. And they did it with the majority of today's talent. You didn't have to bring anyone back. You didn't have to bring the nostalgia factor. You did it with today's roster, and that's a beautiful thing. I'm here for that. Well, I would have liked to seen Pitbull sing the camel and riddle out to the ring, but nonetheless, we all can't get what we want. All right. Scooter the camel forever. Scooter the camel forever. Uh, Scooter final... the camel wins the rumble. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Final plugs, Chuck. Plug it away. What do you want to plug? Uh, I have a scooter on the camel uh, pole match coming up. <laughs> scooter, scooter, scooter the camel on a pole match coming up. So that'll be this weekend. It's on Fight TV. It's a pay per view. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> no man, nothing really to plug, man. I'm just here having a good old time. Isa, subscribe to my YouTube NYC Demon Diva. Super close to fifteen thousand subscribers. Wow, what a party girl. when we hit that. Ooh, all right. Uh, I'm at Justin Labar. All things can be found on my Twitter. Uh, if you're watching this live on a Thursday night, uh, you can catch me tomorrow morning, Friday morning, as I am every Friday morning with Mark Henry and Dave LaGreca on Busted Open on Sirius XM Channel 156. If you're listening to this tomorrow after the fact, well, you can still join me on Busted Open. We have a podcast that will come out, or you can listen <laughs> or you can listen on demand on the Sirius XM app. All the good stuff. I'll be back on Wrestling Inc. Monday night after Raw. Uh, thanks to all of you for the super chats. Thanks everybody for the other comments, for the likes, the shares, tell a friend, do what you got to do. We appreciate it. Good night. Be safe. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust. So I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.